0: I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. I am pissed off already because I have had to restart this 50 times. It just keeps pausing for no reason. I want to throw it at the wall, but I won't. Welcome to episode 207 of I Seem Fun. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy All Souls Day, Day of the Dead, whatever day it is by the time you get this. I recorded a Halloween episode live at Phoenix, uh comedy club stand up live as part of the All Things Comedy Comedy Festival last week. But they're not gonna be able to get the file to me in time to get up. So in in typical I seem fun fashion, the Halloween episode will come out November seventh. But it was a really good time and I really loved the crowd that came out to see me. Um You know, it was a small crowd. I mean, it was like 75 people, which is actually an amazing crowd for a podcast taping. It's like the perfect amount, but the room holds 550. (laughs) So, but it was a Friday night at seven and there was some, uh, playoff games going on. And of course, 5 million shows to see at the festival. So, um, I think there were smaller crowds for everybody, but everybody saw lots and lots of shows. So it was pretty cool. And, uh, but what was great is a lot of the people in the audience were not familiar with my podcast podcast. Uh, I don't even know if they're familiar with me, period. There was a lovely woman in the front row wearing a tiara. it's her 67th birthday. And, uh, you know, a lot of times in comedy, you see someone wearing a tiara in the front row and you're like, oh, they're going to be trouble. They want to be talked to. She really didn't. She was just like, oh, I'm good. I'm just chilling in my tiara. And I was like, that's what everyone should be doing. But, um, the audience participated and, you know, normally I don't like that, but it's okay for podcast tapings. Cause that's that spontaneous conversation off the top of my head. And I think it's kind of special. Unlike when I'm home to actually have you guys say things back to me. Sometimes like I was telling a story how, um, well, you'll hear it, but sometimes it was necessary for the audience to chime in and be like, no, actually that's this. Or I I couldn't think of a word and people would chime in. Um, you know, it's sometimes fun to hear in person people's reactions because a lot of times well not a lot of times every time when i just do an episode from home and i'm talking i have no idea if anyone's relating to what i'm saying i assume everyone relates to a little something from each episode I see. fucking paused again. And I think it's because I'm walking around with this thing. I I can't believe I have to multitask while I podcast. This is going to make me insane. It's not the app. It's the fuck. I can't even get into it. Anyway, that was a good time. It'll come out next week. Thank you everyone who showed up. And, uh, I've got listener emails piling up. We're going to do a listener email or two episode soon. I promise. And those will, whenever I do a listener email episode, I usually do it from the all things comedy studio. And that means that there will also be a video component. And so that would be, uh, coming up soon, coming up soon in November, there'll be one of those and maybe another one in December. So get pumped for that. Um, now what was I going to say? Uh hm huh. uh, oh, something I need you guys to know about, so you guys know I do that show in Los Angeles every month called Lab Test it's at the Hollywood Improv Lab, which is a really cute little cabaret space, and you know there's a bar there, have a cocktail, watch the show it's only an hour fifteen minutes uh due to popular demand, it's sold out every month we're doing it again in twenty eighteen I'll be doing it every month, so just be me talking off the top of my head, new material. We'll see what happens. Um, special guests. And, uh, after every show I sell merchandise by myself. Well, I mean, I have some help selling it, but I'll be there. You can take a picture. You can say, hi, I'll be selling books. So the next, so we added one for November as well. There wasn't originally going to be one. So we added one for November. It's Thursday, November, I believe 9th, Yeah. Thursday, November 9th, 7.30 PM. Tickets are on sale. And we've been having this issue where they sell out so far in advance that people forget to show up the night of the show. So we're trying to figure out a better system for that, where uh, we hold some so it can't sell out in advance. And also they're going to be sending you email reminders. And then thirdly, I would highly recommend if it says sold out on the website, please do show up at the show anyway. And you know when I hate when people add the word do to things for no reason. Please do. Thank you. Hello. Goodbye. Yes. Please show up anyway, because people forget that they had tickets and it's such a low ticket price. They're like, ah, oh, what else? So I can fuck that off. So just come. You will always get in. Nobody has ever been turned away. So come on down. November 9th, 7.30 PM. You will be done by 8.45. How good is that? And I'm really excited about this year's, I think it's fifth or sixth annual Jen Kirkman dysfunctional Christmas show. I do it every year at the Hollywood improv. It's for what I want is, first of all, you know, I love Christmas. I love the ridiculousness of it. And that I feel like what I love about Christmas is the thing that, depressives and people who have shitty families or people that aren't in a relationship or people that hate the holidays can still appreciate. Because what I love is the just sort of like, fuck it, I'm going to wear antlers on my head and a flashing necklace. And for some reason, we just put lights everywhere and we sing music that we only listen to once a year. So that aspect of it, I really like, because it's just sort of like fun. you know? It's just like an adult fun for six to eight weeks. And so that's right. 6 to 8 weeks is my holiday season. And so uh every year we do the show. I ask my guests to do like the darkest comedy they can think of. And so that's what I love about it is it's not hokey, but it's totally sincere that I do love Christmas and I also think that it's a perfect time to do the darkest comedy ever cuz Christmas can bring up a lot of uh, dark things for people and I think this is the best thing you could do with your time. And I I have so many great special guests this year. It's just going to be incredible. And, um, uh, there's a charity aspect to it. I'll be doing some raffles and the money that we make in the raffles will be donated to the, um, I think it's going to be the Los Angeles food bank because, because, and then the, um, the hell was I saying? The, uh, Barnes and Noble has a book drive every year. And so I'm going to ask people to please come to the show with a children's book that you could donate brand new, please. Uh, it doesn't have to be wrapped. In fact, I think unwrapped is preferred and you can just drop it in the box that I will have a beautiful big gift box wrapped up on stage. And, uh, yeah, so Barnes and Noble has a book drive every year. And I believe this year they're, uh, drive will be going to save. It's either a library or a public school in downtown Los Angeles. I, I had someone get the details for me and they're still filling me in, but it will go help your local community. And so I thought let's make it an LA charity show because it all starts in your community, doesn't it? So I'm really excited about that. I love giving and giving and giving. And I love watching other people give. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. So yeah, I'll be raffling off signed copies of my books. I'll be raffling off some merchandise and I'll be raffling off some necklaces from my collection at Bobble Bar. Ooh! Now you're like, well, wait, are you going to be selling them there? No. Let me remind you again that these necklaces are custom made. So I have a necklace collection with Bobblebar.com, B-A-U-B-L-E bar.com. And you can go on there and search for Jen Kirkman. You can also just go to my website, jenkirkman.com on the home page, is all the details, but I have word necklaces. They say feminist AF and single and cat lady and taken and unavailable and over 40 and 20 nothing and 30 ish and over 40. Did I say that one already? And child free and all different kinds of things. And they're funny and they're whatevs. But you pick your saying that you want and then you pick the color acrylic that you want or the over 40 and the child free also have a more expensive, like anywhere from one to $300 real gold, real silver version. And then you pick the chain length. So these necklaces are not made in advance. They go into production once you hit order. So I do not just have them willy nilly because I'd have to have 5,000 combinations ready. And that would mean I would have had to buy Thousands of dollars worth of necklaces, hoping someone will buy. Them. That's not how it works. It's like a store. You don't. You go into the store, and you. Uh, well, it's not like a store. It's like getting a cake made. It's more like that. You don't just make five thousand cakes, thinking maybe someone will come in. Like you just make them as they get ordered. So, um, but so that's what I'm going to do: is make a few necklaces, pay for them myself and then raffle them off at the show. So that's why those necklaces will be available. I just don't want to confuse anybody that thinks they're going to come to my show and buy a necklace. Just go online and do it. And they're always having sales. If you're a first-time customer, you get 15% off automatically. And I believe there's going to be some big November, Black Friday, but even I think before that, just November sales. So please help support that effort. As we know, uh, there's been some issues with This whole endeavor. So it really helps me because I don't have any other way to get the word out. Since Bobble Bar will not be heavily pushing it on their end. Okay, we won't get into that again. Everybody, everybody, this episode is brought to you by Talkspace, the online therapy company for how we live today. We'll be getting into that later. So, oh my goodness, so much to talk about. I am podcasting this on what is indictment morning, Christmas morning. Now, I don't know if anyone was surprised that it was Paul Manafort because Robert Mueller was literally like, you're going to get indicted. And you know, we didn't get to see a perp walk. He turned himself in. I mean, I'm sure the man was like, well, I'm fucked. I'd rather walk into the headquarters with some dignity than get arrested probably enough that he shit himself when they raided his house, but this is pretty intense stuff. And it, what really is upsetting is this is so not partisan. This is just fucking, it just happens to be that most of an entire, um, party had some crazy dealings colluding with Russia. Now I know it sounds crazy and that's because it is Democrats did it too. Not really. Uh, Senator Sanders might be implicated, I believe he is. And uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager, John Podesta's brother, and perhaps Tad Devine. Devine. Um, But this whole notion of, oh, everybody's bad. I'm just going to stop paying attention. That's what they want. So if you're Republican, try to put your big boy pants on and say, this doesn't reflect badly on me this reflects badly on the people that did it that are ruining my party. This is your chance. This is how you take back your Republican party. You don't sit around blaming Democrats say they did it too. You don't double down. You go, you know what? This is really fucked. We have to get to work. That's what I'm doing on my side because I am convinced that Senator Sanders and Ted Devine were part of it and we'll see what happens. But I would like to root that extreme, Wing out of my party. And I don't mean extreme because I think their views are extreme because I'm a centrist. I mean, their tactics are extreme. We have the same values. Unfortunately, they've convinced an entire wing of the party that people who voted for Hillary are not liberals, which is insane because that was always the problem with Hillary which she was always more liberal than Bill and more liberal than Obama. And, uh, I don't know how this storyline got done. Like, Bernie literally says NRA talking points, which, like, again, is not a liberal take on things. So there's been some people getting fooled. And, again, like, no matter who isn't uh, fingered, as they say, not don't be a perv. I am, I don't want traitors in my government. So... I can put up my big girl pants. Hillary uranium, that's been debunked. That information is available to you. You don't have to be ignorant any longer and you don't have to think it makes you sound smart to go. They're all bad. That's not a intellectually stimulating or curious talking point. Does that make sense? So that's all I'm going to say about, um, about that. Great story, Jen. Um. Okay, perfect. So sorry about that. I'm doing two things at once. You know how I do. You know how I do. So I made a list of things to talk about. Oh my god, you actually prepared for your podcast? We're in for a treat. I know. I know, guys, I know. Mm. So And also don't forget December 2nd, ladies, ladies, I am doing a special ladies show at the Oklahoma, uh, I mean in Oklahoma city. Um, it's all on my website, jenkirkman.com click toward it. It's a hundred percent of proceeds will go to Planned Parenthood in the local chapter. Um, I was just lucky enough to be able to get my, uh, regular pap smear covered by my insurance. She even stuck a, like an ultrasound wand up there this time. I was like, Whoa, what's this? I got a new gynecologist. I'll have to tell you about my old one. She was crazy. Um, and so I want other women to have that too. It's not just about abortion. Not that that would be bad. It's a perfectly safe and legal procedure. But for me, I remember the days when I didn't have insurance and I needed to get cancer screenings and I needed to get birth control and I needed to get this. And you know what? Some people take birth control for cystic Fibroids. Some people take it for their skin. Like it's not anyone's business, but you don't want to hear that. It's a political thing to support a women's health organization. And we're going to take the stigma away and we're going to promote it. And there's going to be fun raffles there too. And you can feel good about your uh, ticket purchase on December 2nd, because it goes to charity. And that's my good deed for December. Well, in addition to all the other good deeds, I'm constantly doing them. Amazing. But it is women only audience, trans inclusive, especially in this environment lately of everyone, just pretty much there's, I think there's one man who's never sexually harassed anyone and he's going to do a press conference really soon. But in this culture of harassment where women feel silenced, you know, I don't think men really understand that we sometimes just silence ourselves when you guys are around. And I want the freedom. I want to feel like what it feels like I've been on tour all year and my whole life. And, and I want to feel the freedom to make jokes that, typically only women laugh at, but without having to see the guys folding their arms or booing me in the audience, which has happened this year at some shows. And, um, it's just for us. And we're going to have open discussions about harassment. I'm going to give people the mic. People that don't feel they have a voice can say it out loud for the first time. And that's just going to be a special night for us. If it bothers you, then what I would recommend is that you think about why it bothers you. And if you really want to be part of the solution, then I would start working towards a solution with men, you know, um, maybe you could put together an all male show where you talk about how you guys can help curb this horrible culture of harassment. I don't know, I bet this is for us and you know, it wouldn't be necessary if there hadn't been these years of, uh, oppression. So you got a problem with it, then you got a problem with the patriarchy. All right, now, I'm already booking 2018's tour. Now, I'm not sure what my life is going to be. If my show gets made into a pilot, then, you know, that means I'm going to be busy in February and March and April. But um, if it doesn't, then great, I'm on tour. So it's like dates might move. If that happens, they might not. But I'm going to hit cities that I haven't seen since 2015. A lot of those secondary markets, as they call them, um, I'm going to be hitting... One major city, I'm actually going back to New York city in January because I love New York and there's so many different audiences for me in New York. There's the tourists, there's people who won't go to Brooklyn, there's Brooklyn people who won't go to Manhattan. So I can play New York a few times a year in different venues that attract different people. So I have never done a run at Caroline's and you know the little Jen comedian in me from when I first started out, like would never would have dreamt she would do five shows at Caroline's now the real comedian in me that knows the reality of that which is like oh good i get to perform for tourists which can kind of be sucky crowds five five shows in a week oh great <laughs> but uh it's well worth it and it's a great club and uh it's going to be fun and i wanted to just be back in new york i was like let's just book me in new york so i'm really excited and those aren't on sale yet, but you can start saving the date um, it will be in January I believe it is the 16th let's just take a look here the yeah the Thursday the 18th Friday the 19th Saturday the 20th so just hold those dates if you want to brave it and go to Midtown and go to Caroline's and then London back at the Soho theater on uh, January, Sunday, it begins Monday, January 29th, six shows all in a row. I mean, you know, each day, not six in a row that night. Um, the last show is Saturday, February 3rd. Come here, come there. Now that's just a one week contracted by the Soho. They pay my flight, they pay my hotel. That's, I do it with Soho every year, sometimes twice a year. This year is just going to be once. And then I have to go back home for a project. So I can only be away that one week. I will not be hitting anywhere else in Europe. Trust me, I'm bummed too, but that's just how it looks. So thank you. Um, my year is planned out in terms of where I'm going, so no suggestions needed. See, you don't have to do a damn thing. You just join my email list. Go to jenkirkman.com, click about or click tour dates. And if you are clicking, if you're on your computer, it should show up at the top of the page. If you're on your phone, you have to scroll down. And that's how it goes. That's how it goes. If you are buying tickets to any of my shows, please tweet about it. Tweet at me, and if I don't catch it, um, the best way to get me to see it is to use the hashtag #JKTour2017. J K T O U R two o one seven. And so I need you to know. I need you guys to come out to my shows this week down south. Again, performing is my living. Seeing me live, you can say I'll see you next time, but. The venues give me a guarantee. They say, here's your guarantee. If nobody shows up, you'll still make this amount of money. They base that guarantee on my popularity um, in the world if I've never been there before. And if I've been there before, they base it on my popularity from the last time I was there. If people don't come, then when I try to go back to that city, I'll have a lousy guarantee the next time and I might not be able to afford to come because you never know if people are coming or not. So you really actually, by not coming one night, you are influencing the future, your own future of being able to see me. When you see, see you next time, there might not be a next time because you didn't come this time. So I don't mean you one person individually is like, but I can't get out of work. I'm a busy nurse and lawyer. i want to be Dr. Barbara person someday. I get it. Uh, what I'm saying is in general, you know what I mean? It's like voting. What if everyone sat it out? <laughs> what if, <laughs> what, what would happen? Um, so I will be at the Carolina theater in Durham on Wednesday, November 1st. That is selling amazing. I'm so impressed that on a Wednesday night, the day after Halloween, people are like, let's go out. Like it does. It blows my mind. Um, then I'll be in Asheville, North Carolina at the Orange Peel on Thursday, November 2nd. Friday, November 3rd, I'll be in Atlanta at the Variety Playhouse. Now, I was like all cocky. I'm like, oh my God, I've played Atlanta so many times and people are always begging me to come there. So many people don't even know that i have never seen me live. And I'm like, yeah, I'll book a fucking 700 seat theater. Mm, maybe I shouldn't have. We need a lot more tickets sold to get to like almost sold out. So please go get tickets, Jen click tour dates for all of these shows. Tickets will be available at the door. They're a little more expensive at the door, like by three to five bucks. So, you know, pick your poison. And then Saturday in Nashville, I'll be at the basement East. I haven't been in Nashville in so long. So I'm really excited Four nights. Great shows. There are VIP meet and greet options available for all of them, except in Durham. We're not doing one there. Um, And then that's it. So that's this week. Jenkirkman.com. Click toward aids, You'll get all the info. It'll be so fun. I'm very excited to perform for you guys. My new stuff is really shaping up into a particular order that I say things and there's a theme and it's really just, I'm getting excited. So, um, God, send an email to I seem fun at gmail.com. I might read it on the air. I don't mean an email that's just filled with compliments, but you know, just tell me, tell me something you want me to talk about on the show. Um, and again, I'm part of the all things comedy network, go to allthingscomedy.com and see all the other amazing podcasts that I get to be, uh, in the same umbrella under. And of course, go to iTunes, write a review, give me five stars and subscribe. I don't care if you don't even listen to it. Just subscribe. You can follow, uh, the show at Twitter at I seem fun podcast and the F- Facebook page, facebook.com slash I seem fun podcast. People leave comments there. That's my favorite place to go. And I do interact. You never know when I'm snooping and looping, looping. That's not a thing. Oh God, Jen. Oh God, Jen. Okay. So I know it's been a big week with the indictments and all, but is that really as important as the bigger thing that happened this week? Like if we're counting today, which I'm taping this on Monday, the 30th. So like within the last seven days, another big thing happened. Do you guys know what it is? I'll give you a minute. The fucking Hallmark movie started. (gasps) So, oh my God, it's so good. So I watched one. I did my research last night. You know, usually they're on in the background. I'm doing like 10 million other things. And I'm like, I'm actually just going to sit down. Oh my God. They pled not guilty. I just got a CNN. One Trump associate pleads guilty. Two others are indicted. Who else got indicted? Manafort and Gates plead not guilty. Oh, Papadopoulos admits lying to the FBI. They pled not guilty. These guys have fucking balls. I thought when you surrender yourself, it's, I guess I just don't understand how this all works. You surrender yourself so that you don't get arrested, but then you go and plead not guilty. I thought surrendering yourself was sort of admitting like, well, not admitting your guilt because you get to be tried. But wouldn't you get less of a sentence if you pled guilty? Like to plead not guilty when you know you are, that's crazy stuff. Like he was charged with conspiring against the United States. That's pretty big. If someone's going to make that kind of accusation, there's usually something to it. So you would think that like, I guess not guilty is different than innocent too, right? I don't know. There's all kinds of things. I'm going to have to look it up later because I'm not going to bore you with like, hey, guys, so great podcast today. I'm going to scroll Twitter. Um, I follow a bunch of lawyers and I'm just going to read what they have to say about this. Anyway, so. Oh, that's what I was going to do. So I actually sat and watched this episode yesterday like as though i was watching a real movie and not that they're not real movies but you know what i mean um here we go i'll play the uh i'll play the 30 second um trailer so i wanted to go over the movie with you um first of all i was dying laughing cuz my sister gail loves to watch Hallmark movies as well and I mean, I think we both don't know anymore where the irony starts and stops, if that makes sense. Like, I don't even know if we're really into them or if we're really not, but it's like, we can't stop watching them. And, um, you know, she tapes them or she was like, you know, if she has something to do, she's like, I'm not going to see the fucking Hallmark movie. It's like, don't worry. It'll rerun 50 times and you're taping it. But she was watching one the other night and she just leaves me these voice memos. Voice memos is my favorite thing because we're not, we're not a talk on the phone family really. Um, and you know, I never like to talk on the phone because I'm always trying to save my voice. But I'll, if you're into voice memos, I'll throw you one. And so I'm, I throw my sister a voice memo and uh, I, t- I don't know if she doesn't give her permission, but she was watching one Hallmark movie about I love when they do ones, the The first favorite is busy businesswoman who doesn't have time for love, doesn't have time for Christmas, her car breaks down, she meets a guy that runs a tree farm, they fall in love. My second kind favorite is always about the Hollywood star who has to go to a small town for some reason. Usually they're filming a movie and they fall in love with the townspeople and it's, oh, it's such a more simple life and all that stuff. So this one she was watching, which is a rerun, this Hollywood starlet goes to a town and she's, like, staying at the local inn, which is, I don't think, a thing that would happen. And then, like, you know, she's just, like, falls in love with the townspeople. And my sister left me just busting my fucking balls about the difference between me and this character in the movie. I'm just going to play it. Hang on. Okay, so I have seen this one before. It's an actress, and she's, like, filming, and then she's staying at this inn. So she's hanging out with this this young boy young boy, this young man and his, his daughter, <clears throat> but, um, it's like, so where's everybody with the cast and the crew, and, um, like, she's just staying in an inn, like, where's all her shit like you have, you know, or maybe you're just high maintenance, why don't you stay in an inn like this, and go sweating with the people that own it, and the guy and his kids, I don't, I don't see that happening with you, oh, snowball fight, Why don't, why don't you do that, too? You go to these hick towns. What's going on? First of all, that's my sister in Massachusetts. She's calling them hick towns. I would never say that. And I'm supposed to be the Hollywood elite, according to you people. Anyway, I want to tell you about this episode I just saw, or this episode, this film I just saw uh, about Johnny Blake, the famous movie actor who comes to a town. Here, listen. Small town sweetheart. I really didn't care much about Christmas, I didn't care about all sorts of things. Rachel Scarston, Trevor Donovan, Marry Me at Christmas, premieres Saturday, October 28th at Part of Countdown to Christmas. All right, this is my favorite part of the movie. So Johnny Blake is a. It, it seems he's the. He's in like a big film called Fire Catcher or something. So he walks into a restaurant in Los Angeles and it's a pretty fancy looking restaurant and there's all these like young women sitting there eating dinner and he walks in and like, they don't even have a a realistic reaction time. He walks in, their phones are already up and they're like, Oh my God, click, 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 click. And it's like, no, that's like for the most part in LA, people don't do that to each other because if you're in a restaurant that a famous person would be at, you're probably in the business in some capacity too, or you know not to act like a jackass. I mean, the paparazzi might come after you, but that's their job. You know, like the average person isn't like, oh my God, maybe a tourist, but no. As someone who gets recognized occasionally, it never happens in LA, ever. Sometimes it'll... But you know how I get recognized is like I go to a coffee shop and the guy goes, I'm sorry, Chelsea, lately's not on anymore. I'm like, oh no, my career got like 50 times better when I was off the show. Cause that's kind of like having a day job and then you're working for someone else and you're always under thing." Th- I'm sorry. Are you okay? I'm like, all right, forget it. Um, but when I go to other places, I've had people just sit down at the table and join me and start talking. They're like, I love your podcast. I'm going to tell you all about it. So it, they've got it a little backwards. I could see where like they should have done a thing where he's overwhelmed by the paparazzi attention, you know, like he's a Brad Pitt. He's an Angelina. I get that. But he walks into a restaurant. A few millennial women take a photo of him. They don't even ask him for anything. They, he just walks by the table and they take pictures of him walking it. They're not like, Oh my God, get over here. He sits down with this agent. Who's like 70. Like I've never seen an agent this old in Hollywood. She's like Johnny you got to read the new script and you have a meeting tomorrow with the producer. And he's like, can't go on fool's gold, California. I'm going to uh, up North. And she's like, Johnny, this is not a good time. Meanwhile, Hollywood completely shuts down over the holidays. It's a great time to not uh, have a production meeting. Now, weirdly, I'm writing my pilot, which they want by December 8th. So they can give me notes and then I rewrite and then they read it over their holiday break. And then they get back to me in the new year if it got picked up. But in general, like there's no good or bad time. If you're being considered for a movie role, you don't have to go by their schedule of when they want to see you. So the conflict should be, I don't want to do these movies anymore. I think I'm more than that and not, Oh my God, Johnny, they need to meet you. They need to meet you. It's the last chance. He's like, all right, well, I won't do it. And then he leaves. And he's like, I just need to get away from. And he go, he motions to where he's sitting. All this, and literally nothing's going on when he says that. It's just in a very quiet restaurant. Like, oh, I'm overwhelmed with all this. They they couldn't have had like instead of the young girls sitting there, they couldn't have had like a paparazzi walking and going, Johnny, Johnny, what? are you doing? And he's like, I'm just trying to have dinner, with my agent. You know and and the waiter is secretly a paparazzi, like I could see with like every second, you're just overwhelmed with that, you know, or like if they had a little shot of him getting up in the morning and there's one outside his window, like that would be different. Does that make sense? Where it's like, and they could have magazines spinning at the beginning of the movie where it's like Johnny Blake, secret romance. Johnny Blake is actually gay. Johnny Blake fell down. Johnny Blake, does he have a drug problem? Like where you just see the rumor mill and how like it would just be too much, but no, They're like, you know, it's good. We'll just have like two or three women sitting at a table who take his picture with their iPhone when he walks by. That's enough to make anyone leave town. (laughs) So he leaves town. So cut to meanwhile, now we've got our lead woman. She and her uh, best friend, they run a wedding dress shop. And business is bad. I mean, maybe business is bad is because you live in a hundred person town and unless everybody is a straight woman bride doing a traditional thing. Not that you can't be a lesbian and wear a wedding dress, but you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe that's why. Maybe maybe you got to do something else with the business. And they're like, you know, she's hanging up Christmas decorations in her high heels with, you know, no hat, you don't need a hat when it's thirty degrees. I keep telling you, people. I see people all the time when I go back to Massachusetts and New York for the holidays. People wearing hats, they're shivering. What do you, you, you guys are dramatic. You watch a Hallmark movie, you'll see how to behave in cold weather. No hat, no gloves. Just get out there with a light pea coat and have it opened, and wear uh, skirts. You're fine. Anyway, so she's doing that. Her business partner's like, I mean we might have to close the store. I mean, I'm I'm going to start selling accessories here too, but <laughs> so they're having problems. Well, this girl comes in. She's like, I don't live here. I'm just in the town on business. My boyfriend has to move to London in a month to, or my fiance has to move to London in a month for some doctorate, blah, blah, blah. But we want to get married before we have to go over there. So we're going to do it here. I'm like, okay. And she's like, when do you want to get married? She's like, I was thinking on Christmas Eve. And they're like, Oh, if we don't have a lot of time, I'm like, Well, why are you putting decorations up so late? Like, maybe that's why your business sucks. You you didn't put your Christmas decorations up. People think you some, you know, crappy establishment. But anyway, and they're like, yeah, sending out invitations, getting the dress. It's like no one does this in two weeks. So anyway, well, it turns out the bride is Johnny Blake's sister. And Johnny Blake is going to Fool's Gold, California to help his sister plan her wedding. Ah, well, when Johnny Blake gets now, wait a minute. I'm going to give you guys a minute to digest all of that because that's a lot. That's a lot that I just threw out at you. Okay. So what I want to talk to you about right now, and then we'll get back to the story, is Talkspace. Now, they have just renewed for another month. These people are loving the I Seem Funners. I don't even know. Just I would just go to the website Talkspace.com slash Jen, J-E-N, and just take a look. See what it is. I know you're curious. You've always wanted to go. Just look at it. Again, like I said, we got our beach bodies that we work on for the summer. Let's get our mental health heads for the winter. You can let your body go for the winter. You're going to wear that big sweater you always wear anyway with your stretch pants. But don't let your mind go because you need your mind over the holidays. Oh, it's like, your what is your husband, your wife and their families and you have to deal with them and maybe you can't afford presents or maybe you can and maybe your kids are driving you crazy. Or maybe you always wanted kids. You don't have any. Maybe you're depressed. this, you're I mean, it's just such a hectic, stressful time of year. Even Johnny Blake wanted to get away from it all. And he has everything, you guys. It doesn't matter who you are or how much money you have. Our brains are independent of that, our mental health. There's no external thing that can fix us. Does that make sense? You got to do it all from inside. So if you go, why do I always feel this way? Why do I always feel upset? Why do I always feel sad? Why am I always so triggered and angry? A therapist can help you talk through it. My mother always says about therapy, why would you pay someone that is just going to blame you for everything? Now that's what's amazing. Is there's no one to blame. We're not blaming our parents. We're not blaming ourselves. We're just saying, it seems as though I have taught myself to behave in a certain way and it's not working for me anymore. I would like some new tools. That's what it is. And that's why I personally love therapy, but I know that not everybody has great health insurance. I know that everybody can't even physically make it to a therapist sometimes. So that's why I think Talkspace is one of the most amazing inventions in this, uh, in this world. It's, it's using the web for good. Okay. That's why today's sponsor talks based the online therapy company. They make it easy, not just because they're a website, but they make it easy to connect with an experienced licensed therapist. You pick that therapist based on your preference and it's as little as $32 a week. How it works is you can send your therapist text, audio and video messages and you can even do a live video chat. These therapists are fully licensed. They go through a rigorous screening process in addition to thousands of hours of supervised professional training. That's just like any other therapist. This is the real deal, people. To match with your perfect therapist. And again, it's up to you. They're not going to make you be, it's not an arranged marriage. It's all up to you. That's how you learn about what you need. Go to Talkspace.com slash Jen. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can use coupon code Jen and you will get $30 off your first month. And obviously you will be showing your support for this podcast. So don't sign up without the code Talkspace.com slash Jen Talkspace therapy for how we live today. Okay. So back to the story. Johnny Blake comes to town and he's like, this is my sister. She's getting married. He's already on the defense for some reason. The woman who owns the bridal dress shop, she doesn't know that her customer, the bride is Johnny Blake's sister. Oh, I forgot to mention the most important part. So originally our lead character is just supposed to sell the bride a dress. Well, the bride is like, oh my God, help me. I don't know anyone in this town. I have like one second to plan a wedding. Can you plan it for me? And she's like, oh, I'm not a wedding planner. I just, you know, sell dresses. And she's like, but come on, you've been working in this industry for years. You must know how to plan a wedding. And the business partner's like, yeah, yeah. Plan the wedding, plan the wedding. So the lead character says, all right, I'll plan your wedding. So at this point, lead character does not know again, that this bride is Johnny's sister. So now I don't know these people's names if you can tell. So now bride and uh wedding planner are walking around and they run into Johnny Blake. And it's become quite clear that bride is the sister of Johnny Blake. And wedding design wedding planner is trying to look cool. Now wedding planner's business partner is like, Oh my god. I love the simplicity of Hallmark movies and when they talk about the internet. There was a scene where this woman took a picture of Johnny Blake She's an older woman. And she's like, oh, and she's got a Polaroid. And the Polaroid comes out. She goes, I can't wait to post this. And the wedding planner goes, well, let's give Johnny his privacy. She goes, post it on my refrigerator, not post it online. What am I, a hipster? And you're like, is the joke that an old woman doesn't know what a hipster is? Or did the, does the writer really not know what a hipster is? Because it's not someone who puts a picture online. <laughs> and also... A woman of her age, a 50-something woman, that's exactly what they do all day. That is Facebook to a T. It's 50-year-old woman posting pictures. And then the Russian propaganda machine infiltrated, and they voted against their own best interests and voted for Trump. Now, that is not in this movie. That was just a side note. Okay, so the wedding planner's business partner is like, if we get pictures of Johnny Blake with you shopping in here, we can put it on our website and get publicity. And it's like, I guess you can. I mean, it's certainly good publicity. I I get what she's saying. Like, look, if I owned a candy store and George Clooney was in it, I could be like George Clooney was in here, but you ever been to a pizza place or an Italian restaurant in New York? The whole thing is celebrities came in, but does that mean I should eat there? I don't know. I mean, yeah, honestly, if I heard that like a bunch of celebrities really liked this restaurant, you know what it would tell me? That the customer service is great because these people are used to being catered to and that the food's probably good because these people have access to the best food in the world. They probably actually go to Italy a lot. So it's like, I might trust that restaurant. And celebrities like sometimes like a down home feeling. So it's like, oh, it might be keeping it real at that place. But it's very hard to talk about getting publicity if you're a bridal shop because... I don't need a wedding dress. Most people don't need a wedding dress. You always could show up at a pizza place, and be like, oh, I'll go to that one instead of that one. Cause George Clooney was at that one. But it's like, Oh, publicity for the bridal shop in this small town. Like, I guess I'll go to that one. Cause Johnny Blake did. I mean, I don't know. Does it work that way? I don't know. I think it's a type of publicity where it's like, as someone who's done book tours and hired fancy publicists for it, A lot of times they're like, now it might not result in sales, but there's a lot of eyes on. That's how they get away with it. They call it eyes on, E-Y-E-S, on. Like eyes are on your product. So they were building a lot of awareness. Great. I don't want to... Awareness don't pay the bills. I mean, it eventually does because it turns into a thing. And if there's enough awareness about you, people just automatically assume, like, let's just say I'm always in the news for something. I had a book and then I released a thing and then I did that. You might just be like, God, I keep hearing your name. I keep hearing your name. And then when I sell a ticket... In your town, you might be like, "Oh, that girl seems important." I kept hearing your name about other things. Like I, that's what they mean by awareness. We're like, the paycheck comes later, but this doesn't make any fucking sense. But who cares? It's Hallmark and wedding planner is like, no, we're not using Johnny for publicity. I promised him I wouldn't, but I wouldn't want to do that anyway. And her business partner's like, ah. every scene they have this conversation four times. They're like, I'm just saying, you should be in a photo with him for publicity for the website. So Johnny automatically is giving the wedding planner a little bit of attitude. He's like, Oh, so you decided to plan my sister's wedding. Cause of who I am. She's like, uh, no, I didn't even know who you were. Like, I didn't even know she was your, I didn't even know she was your sister, but it's like, what should the sister never have a wedding planner? Because everyone's going to, you know, is he going to act like that to everybody? It's like, what if she did know that Johnny Blake was this woman's brother? That, that, that means she's a dishonest wedding planner somehow. Anyway, it's revealed that wedding planner was, uh, engaged and her fiance broke it off with her. So she doesn't trust men or love. Johnny doesn't trust people because they always want something from him because he's famous. So, you know, but they're hanging out. She's teaching him how to make snowballs. And that scene doesn't make any fucking sense. She's like, oh, you need to learn. First of all, the whole scene doesn't make sense because it starts with him throwing a snowball at her. And she's like, oh, really? I'll teach you how to make a good one. It's like, well, he already made a good one because he threw it at you and hit you. She gets in the ground. She's like, first of all, you got to pack. You got to reach deep down where the snow is warmer. huh?" I I think I know what she's saying, like a little wetter. It's not warmer. Whatever. Maybe it is. She's like, and then you compress it until you feel resistance. What are you talking about? Resistance. You don't... Then, and, you know, as she's babbling about how to make the perfect snowball, he hits her again with one. She's like, ah! They're having fun, okay? He had just bought a pair of gloves. He's like, I forgot what it's like to be cold. Meanwhile, again, he has no hat on. It's like, dude, heat escapes out of your fucking head. And I know I put this on Instagram, and people are like, they don't want to mess the actor's hair up. It's like people... You've seen movies where the most gorgeous people on earth have hats on. They, you style the hair around the hat. And and you film one scene at a time. So then you redo the hair the next day that they come in and film the living room scene. So then nothing you're saying makes sense. Don't tell a big Hollywood hoo ha like me how it works. I tell you how it works. People on my Instagram are saying, well, they film these in Canada in the summer. Yeah, I know. But you don't cater to the actor's comfortability. What You've never seen a movie where uh, Star Wars, they they really don't film that in space. You make it look like space. You got to make it look real. I don't know if you guys know this, but if you've ever seen a picture, I feel like these pictures don't really exist, but if you've ever seen a picture of people on set. And you're like, why are they wearing winter puffer jackets and like UGG boots? It's because they keep sets about 35 degrees. You can pretty much see your breath. You're freezing. You will get sick. And for makeup artists and uh, people who aren't moving around a lot on set, you know, like obviously the crew, they're moving around, they're lugging things. They've got hot lights. Like they're fine. And there's no wind. So obviously take out the wind chill factor and it doesn't feel quite as terrible as walking through Chicago and 35 degree winds and weather, but, and 35 degree, trust me, I know that that's warm when you're from the, the East coast where it's like zero, but imagine you're inside and it's 35 degrees and it's chilly and you can see your breath. Like you're not going to just wear short sleeves. So makeup artists and people, they wear puffer jackets and Ugg boots. You keep yourself warm. And so you've got your actresses who are doing these scenes and they're in a t-shirt or they're in a love scene and they're naked. They're freezing. Everyone was always freezing. That's why that season of friends when everyone's like, we can see everyone's nipples, they're freezing. That's why. And then that's why when you're done with your scene, you get upset and you're and the wardrobe person has your coat for you and they put it on. It gets fucking cold. So obviously there's no world where the actors are catered to before the story and the character and the location. So that's. I'm saying it from the inside. That's what's so charming about Hallmark movies is for some reason is nothing to do with the comfortability of the actors. They're just like, they want it to look a certain way. Like they really don't. I think they want it to look easy and appealing. I think they don't want the reality of what a hat looks like and that you have to bundle up. They want the way it looks. It just looks. I don't know. They're probably right on some level. God, I'm boring myself. I know you must be like asleep right now. Wake up, (laughs) wake up. Anyway, long story short, they're at the Christmas tree lighting and he grabs her hand and it's like, oh, what's going on? And then all these people start taking pictures. They're behind him, but they're taking pictures of the tree. And he turns around, he's like, guys, no photos. I just, you know, I just need a night. And she's like, they're not taking pictures of you. They're taking pictures of the tree. He's like, oh, oh, he's like, let's just pretend that didn't happen. She's like, nope, it totally happened. What's so funny is she's like, yeah, in this small town, You won't be bothered. It's like, meanwhile, he's bothered there more than we saw examples of in L.A. And he keeps being like, I love this small town. No one bothers me. That's all people are doing. It makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. You would think the small town propaganda machine writes these movies, but it's people, for the most part, in show business in some capacity. I don't understand what's happening. I never will. And that's the It's like I'm obsessed with aliens and I'm obsessed with anything like spiritual, like the existence of life after death, because I'll never know. I'll never really know these mysteries. And that's why I'm hooked every year into Hallmark. I'm like, I know the people writing this. I can't understand. Anyway, so I don't mean I know the people writing this, but I know the people writing this know about show business, but I don't look, I don't know. Again, get into the mystery. So long story short, they go to dinner one night and she's like, should we talk about what happened with the handholding? And he's like, yeah, something's going on between us. And she's like, but we have such different lives and you don't live here. And all of a sudden she runs into her ex fiance and he's with his new woman and the new woman is drooling all over Johnny Blake. And she's like, huh, nice to meet me. I mean, you, I mean, and then the, uh, the ex-boyfriend, he's in like a hoodie and a t-shirt and jeans. And she's like, Oh, you're really dressed up, Dave. It's been, you know, years since they've seen each other. He's like, well, I'm doing the Silicon Valley thing. You know, he's working in tech. He's like the less dressed up you are, the more successful you are. She's like, well, you must be rich. He's like, ha 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 he's like, you look great, which you wouldn't say in front of your new girlfriend. But anyway, so they can't believe she's sitting there with Johnny Blake and they just leave. And Johnny Blake's like, that's the guy that broke your heart. She's like, how do you know? He's like, your mother was showing me picture albums. Oh, yeah, because Johnny's been hanging out with the family a lot. Because that's what celebrities do when they're in town making movies. So, oh, no, he wasn't even making a movie. He's planning a wedding. For some reason, he, uh, who cares? Whatever. Obviously, they're not going to make a Hallmark movie about an asshole who comes to town, helps plan his sister's wedding, and then sits in his hotel room alone. That would be my Hallmark movie. Um, so, any hoosies? Uh, she's like, yeah. I guess we'll just be friends. He's like, I can't do the friend thing. I like you too much. And she's like, well, what do we do? Then he's like, I got to take this call. He gets a phone call. He's like, I got to go to LA. I've got an important meeting about this movie. Now this is what makes no sense. He was given the script by his agent to read while he's gone. He said, he doesn't want to do the movie. He left town. He could have just had a quick meeting with the producer and then left town. Does that make sense? He could have had the meeting like she could have been like fine you're leaving tomorrow the producer really wants to meet you let's call him you can go to his office right now they'll they'll bend over backwards for the stars but suddenly he gets a call and he has to go back to LA why now especially after he's falling in love with the town and realizing he doesn't want to do these fucking movies anymore why would he get on that plane it doesn't make any sense but he goes back to LA and you know she's deciding like you know what i think i am going to give him a chance and she turns on the tv and it's like johnny blake is cozying up with actress dinga dunga dunga and it's like they're whispering in each other's ears and the wedding planner's like i feel like such an idiot you know so uh, she's all pissed and humiliated and embarrassed and johnny comes back to town oh so meanwhile unbeknownst to wedding planner Her business partner, her business partner took pictures of them interacting in the bridal shop and posted them online. So even though she promised Johnny she wasn't going to use his image for publicity, there he is on the web, but it's not wedding planner's fault. It's her business partner's fault. So Johnny sees those pictures on the web. He prints them out. You know how you do. Instead of holding up your phone, you're like, let me get a printer. I'll print out the photos. I'll bring them to the person I'm mad at. He's like, how dare you put these pictures of me online? She's like, I, I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, what about you with who's he doozy? He's like, she was sent by the producers to try to sweet talk me into doing the movie. And she's like, well, I didn't know that. And he's like, look at us. We didn't trust each other. And so they don't get even though they just solved it. She's like, Oh, my business partner must've done it. He's like, yeah, that was just a meeting like conflict over. You're like, Oh, we're being dumb. Let's kiss. But they're like, well, I guess we can't do this. So they decide that they're not ready to do this. And, uh, you know, the wedding goes, the wedding goes great. Meanwhile, the wedding goes great and it's Christmas Eve and the bride says to, uh, a wedding planner, you guys are perfect for each other. I love when people are perfect for each other when so far, all we've seen is them be totally at odds with everything, not of the same life, but they had a snowball fight once. We're perfect, and uh, so she's like, Okay, and then her and Johnny kiss, and he's like, I bought a house here, I'm home, and so now he lives in the small town, and everything's great, and I guess this woman's a wedding planner now, which I guess will bring in more money. So, all right, everybody's doing good. And that's the movie. I mean, look, I enjoyed every goddamn minute of it, but the inconsistencies are the only, I'm going to give this movie an a minus because there were no, there was no flagrant misuse of coffee cups. There was no ooh hot chocolate. And then you're like grabbing it, but then also it seems empty, but I'm looking forward to all of the movies this year. Um, there's one coming up about a lawyer who has to run home like to our hometown for an ice sculpture competition. Now I hate the ice sculpture ones. There was the most boring one on earth from years ago, but with this added thing of a lawyer who has to leave her job to save an ice sculpting competition is literally pornography to me. I'm like, Oh my God, Like, I just need to be alone in a room with this and just take it all in. Can you imagine the scenes of the busy business lawyer running to her hometown to save an ice sculpture competition? I can't even imagine the vague language used that's going to be used about how busy she is and what case she's working on. And I just can't even take it. Oh, I had so many more things to talk to you about. I put my Christmas decorations up and people are giving me shit. And I'm like, I guess my Instagram story followers don't all know my, my story, but it was like a lot for me to consider putting them back up this year because of, I was just so convinced that I would still feel sad about last year and it feels different this time, you know? I mean, obviously my ex still wanders through my head every once in a while, but I'm, I'm not sad. I'm just more like st- Dunned and just sort of like oh that happened and but having christmas decorations up like it it totally reverted back to like no i've always loved this holiday i didn't put the tree up because it's a pain in the dink donk and i think the tree like last year i realized i got off the road in october and i took november and december off completely because it was like the first time i hadn't been on the road in three years for like you know It was the first time I'd have two months off in a row. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to rest. And I have no thoughts in my head. And then, of course, the election happened. I got depressed. So the tree was like what I needed. It was like the only happiness I had last year. And I was laying on the couch watching movies for two months. And now it's like I have two jobs. I'm on tour. I'm writing this pilot. I've got like three social trips planned between now and the end of the year. And I'm busy, busy businesswoman. And I don't really feel like dealing with putting up an eight foot fake tree and then taking it down. I feel like I'm just going to be looking at it going, that reminds me of the election last year. Ugh, I'm going to have to take that down. Whereas now the decorations are like appropriate. There's they're plentiful, but they're easy to put back together or to put, put away. But I got myself a white ceramic Christmas tree that lights up and it's, Everyone is like, that's vintage, and it's not, but it's made to look like the vintage ones. It literally screams, "I'm a widowed grandmother." Up, my kids grew up; they have families of their own, and I go to their house on Christmas and enjoy their tree. But my days of cutting them down and lugging them is over. And well, I don't have George anymore to help me. You know, it's just totally what it looks like. And part of me was like, "Oh, that's sad." I'm a single woman with, you know, a ceramic tree. I'm like, "Why is that sad?" It's fucking dope as shit. Like I'm too busy to have a real tree, busy businesswoman. And I have these amazing decorations around my place that I love. Oh my God, I have a hot tip for you. So if you want to, uh, you know, not spend money on fancy candle holders, but you want to spend money or you have this already, I have these frosted wine glasses that I got at Pier One a couple years ago, but there's something about them that they... Always look kind of dirty because they're frosted with like fake snow on the outside that I actually don't ever want to drink out of them. So I took them and I put them in a little display. Like I just clustered them together and I put tea light candles in them so that the wax doesn't get stuck on the glass. And they're amazing candle holders. So there's that. You can do that. I also take, I've got a ton of vases, just clear vases, you know, um, that aren't pretty to look at, but you, they don't need to be. And I buy like, little scented pine cones, or I buy little sprigs of things. You know, you can get it at Trader Joe's. You can go to pier one and get the fake stuff. And then on Amazon, I bought like little crystal beads and little bells and fake snow. And I just put them inside the bowls and I kind of put the bowls around here and there, and you can get little led string lights and put them in there. And it's just cute. It looks like wintry. So, um, maybe I'll put some of those up on the Facebook page. Uh, This week, but I love it. I love my little Christmas home. And for people who are like, it's too early. It's like, well, I'm doing it as sort of like a self care, self love thing. And I don't really care. Like when people like Christmas, the whole notion that Christmas is too early is people talking about the corporatization of Christmas and the true meaning is getting, you know, I mean, if you're Catholic or Christian, like, there's Advent, which is the four weeks before Christmas when Mary and Joseph started doing whatever they were doing. I don't fucking know what, no, Mary heard from the angel that she was pregnant and then four weeks later she had Jesus or however it worked. And that's how that story goes or something like that. Don't quote me. But then it started, you know, so Advent, it was always like the four weeks you light a candle every week in the Advent wreath and then it's christmas and then there's epiphany which is seven days after christmas but this whole notion that it starts the day after halloween like yeah that's commercialization and you know it used to be a big deal if it started the day after thanksgiving because it was really supposed to start the week after and so now it's just like some people like me put their decorations up because i think of it as holiday season but i'm not like pushing um people to overspend beginning in october like i'm not i get what you're saying that Christmas seems corporate and they're advertising too early and making people feel pressured, but I don't even buy that either. It's like, yeah, shop early. Don't have pressure. Cool. I'm more offended by the commercials closer to Christmas. That's like, hurry up. You didn't get a diamond. You didn't get a car. You suck. Do this, do that. And people are like, I was just sort of enjoying the real meaning of Christmas right now. I'm I'm off work. I'm with my family and God, I didn't buy enough things. I mean, that offends me more. So I'm putting up stuff. It's like, yeah, because it's, I like it. It's getting darker out earlier. And I like to have my little things up, makes me happy. Um, and it's sort of a self-care thing because it's showing me that I am not holding onto the story of what happened last Christmas. And that I deserve to have joy no matter what. Secondly, I'm not in my house four weeks out of the next two months, not consecutively. So I'll be gone two weeks in November, random days here and there, um, in December and November that add up to two more weeks. So technically there's an entire month of my decorations being up. That I won't be able to enjoy them. So I put them up now. It's, done, it's calm down. Everybody, people are acting like I'm single handedly changing the culture of Christmas with my corporate ways. That's too early, too early for what? for whom who's watching who's offended here it's my home jerks god i was going to talk about so many different things i can't believe we just talked about hallmark christmas the whole time are you guys like i was going to read this article about spinsters um i'm going to do an i'm going to do an episode about harassment at some point that's that'll be fun Uh, I wanted to talk about this cross-section of America I saw on my Southwest flight a little while ago There was like a woman in back of me on the phone whose sister just had a drug OD This woman was a single mom. She's talking to the guy next to her about our husband left the guy in front of me had just won four purple hearts But he I mean not just but he was having like a mental breakdown and there was another soldier who was like dude You gotta get on meds and then there was a woman reading garden and gun magazine I'm like this looks like a sketch about what people think America is and it's all happening, but it's a whole longer story. I'll talk about that. Um, oh, this woman in Detroit called me bougie for having a necklace line. I'll read you do that. Uh, yeah. Article about spinsters, coffee drinkers live longer. There's a whole thing where women pretend to be men at work um, over email and they get better results. Uh, so, and I'm sure there's more things, even more that, that will come up. But, um, So yeah, that's, we didn't get to anything today. Uh, And that's, I guess that's how we do on I Seem Fun. And then I will also, uh, again, we've got listener email episodes coming. I don't know. Will there be, I'll probably do a bonus episode at Christmas. Maybe I'll record my um, lab test show in November and release an extra episode during the Christmas week just for fun. I'm trying to do bonus episodes where... I, it doesn't, I don't actually have to do more work and more talking, but maybe there'll be bonuses throughout December. I think that could be fun because I know this time of year makes people crazy and also people travel and they might need more things to listen to. So uh, I guess check out some bonus stuff that could be happening. Now that I've said it, I have to fucking deliver on it. Why do I do that? Why? Why? All right. Until next week, have fun.